Hello, my friends. Thanks so much for tuning into the show today. I am Joey Hernandez, and this, of course, is an older gay guy show. Now, folks, the Great New England Amusement Parks episode is taking me a bit longer than I anticipated, as I've discovered so many stories that I want to include in that episode. There'll be like four or five different stories about different amusement parks. So that should be fun, and it's for your amusement. Get it? Amusement parks? Your amu- Fine. Never mind. <laughs> but that show will be out next week. Now, in today's episode, I took one of the first episodes that I did for this show that I had removed from my back catalog and re-edited it to concentrate on the subject of gay-to-gay bullying. This is a subject I also talked about in a video on an older Gay Guy Show YouTube channel, but I know I reach more people via this show So I wanted to bring the episode back. You might find that I speak faster in this early episode. And if you prefer my way of talking in today's show versus the speed of conversation that I use now, which is a calmer, slower dialogue, do let me know if you like this fast speaking that you're going to hear in the main part of the episode. I started speaking slower because I have such an international audience and some of us do not have English as our first language. So I was trying to be as inclusive as possible. I love to know what people like and dislike. I will always be myself, but I'm interested in which works best for listeners. I hope you enjoy today's episode and it gives you something to think about. So without any further ado, let's get started talking about gay-to-gay bullying. This show is a proud member of the Pride 48 Podcasting Network. Check out more great shows at pride48.com. I don't want this to be like a, a lecture. I want it to be a discussion. So I am going to ask you to please send me your opinions on what I'm about to talk about, because I, I think this is a really super important topic, and it just never seems to get talked about. The way to reach me, by the way, is the name of this show, which is An Older Gay Guy Show, and it's at gmail.com, an older gay guy show at gmail.com. You can always send me comments and say hi and say, oh my God, you're horrible, get off the air, whatever you want to say. But so we know about bullying. It's on the news all the time about how kids are in school now and they're more comfortable with being themselves and therefore they may dress differently. They may just present themselves more as the image of what they feel. And if that's gay, then sometimes that's going to come across. 
and kids bully kids. And certainly when we were young, if you're over 40, when we were young, there was no internet. So bullying was restricted to when we would be going to school, in school, or leaving school primarily. And we all learned ways of avoiding that. You know, you can avoid people, avoid groups if you know that they're going to be hanging out in certain areas. You just kind of didn't go in that area and you were pretty safe. But now with the internet, you know, things have exploded far more than that. I often say how grateful I am that I am not a kid in today's world. Growing up, I was very uncomfortable in elementary school. I often would have to avoid kids as I was walking home. I was, you know, I was pretty much a gay acting person back in elementary school. I was always picked last on a team and I'll bet many of you can relate to that and just the the, the feeling of lack of self-worth that one goes through when you're always picked last. And I understand why I was always picked last because I sucked at team sports. And to this day, I'm very much into individual sports. I have a great love for mixed martial arts. I also like gymnastics. I also like wrestling. It's funny. Hmm. All the hut guys are in those. Hmm. Interesting. But team sports just never appealed to me. So being the last picked, that was just something that one went through. For me, junior high school was probably the very worst. Halfway through seventh grade is when my father died and my mother was drinking and my life was a mess as a kid. And I was teased a lot in uh, junior high. Uh, I never got into fights or anything like that. That came in my adult life, <laughs> but I was never into fights as a kid. And, you know, I, I basically tried to avoid people. But, you know, I had the, you know, fag, queered, yelled at me, and maybe a couple rocks thrown at me here or there. But I just hated it. And then once I got to high school, I had a girlfriend. I got very involved in the music and drama scene. Ooh, big surprise. And uh, whatever, I, I had my world built that way. And people pretty much left me alone. I, I got a car when I was 16. I could drive around. So I didn't have to put up with any of the high school bullying that might go on. But that is not the bullying that I want to talk about today. I want to talk about bullying within the gay community itself. Now, you may agree or disagree with the things I'm going to say, and, you know, that's pretty much the case anytime I'm doing a podcast. Um, you're more than welcome to disagree with me. But anyways, so then I went to college, and after college, that was really when I started going to a lot of gay clubs, and I was lifting weights and I began to build a body that people were noticing. And that's when I really started noticing the clicks, the group distinction that people are put in when they are gay. So let me now flash forward to 1995. I'm 37 years old. I had already been doing personal training for a number of years down on Cape Cod, where I lived for like five years. So I moved back to Boston and I discovered that Boston actually had two gyms that were considered to be gay gyms. Now, these were kind of unofficially gay gyms because the owners, although a lot of clientele were their base, they didn't want to scare off other people. So 
We all knew they were gay gyms, but it was not advertised as such. One of them was called Metropolitan Health Club, and that had been around for a a number of years. And a newer one was called Mike's Gym, and these were both in the south end of Boston, which was primarily a gay area at the time. So I met with the owners of both of these gyms, and I signed on to be a personal trainer there. In the Metropolitan Health Club, I was on staff, actually, as a staff trainer, plus I had a side business there, and at Mike's Gym, I just ran my own business out of there. Now, with both of these gyms, and me training at both of them, um, I was doing classes, and these were primarily ab classes, and working the abdominal uh, muscles for anywhere from a half an hour up to an hour. And these classes became very popular. They filled up. uh, There was waiting lists sometimes for them. But the odd thing that I discovered was that Metropolitan Health Club, which was the older one, and this gym had two wonderful gay owners and the clientele that was primarily gay and some straight ladies. It was just a very welcoming atmosphere. You felt like you belonged there. And so not only did people work out, but they gathered in groups and areas and, you know, chit-chatted and arranged to meet for drinks or let's go to the club tonight or whatever. It was a very welcoming, wonderful atmosphere. But with Mike's gym, that was considered to be the more serious gym, which is odd because their equipment was not any better than the equipment that was at Metropolitan Health Club. They were both about the same. They had older equipment that needed maintenance, but, you know, that's what a gym can be. So the wonderful members of Metropolitan Health Club always kind of viewed Mike's gym as the more upscale, A-list kind of clientele in the gay community. Metropolitan members were actually kind of intimidated at times to go to Mike's gym because they felt that they were inferior to the more serious A-list people that went to Mike's gym. And when I was at Mike's gym and Metropolitan was talked about, those people regarded the people that went to Metropolitan as kind of a girly gym. You know, that's not where the masculine guys go. That's where the sissy guys go. And I worked for both of these gyms, and I got to know the people in both of them, the clientele in both of them. And there was this class distinction that I always found incredible. If one of the members of Metropolitan happened to go and sign up at Mike's gym for a short time, and they were now in this A-list group, they were made to feel like they didn't belong. They were made fun of at times. I would hear uh, a group of the A-list bodybuilder guys, you know, saying really bitchy, negative things about some of the people that might have crossed over there. And God forbid that someone from Mike's gym would ever set foot in Metropolitan Health Club, you know, because that's the girly gym and they don't want to be regarded that way. It was ridiculous. Honestly, I never understood it. And the unusual thing was that sometimes when these A-list bitchy people stepped away from their group, and I might talk to one of them one-on-one, at many times they were very nice people. But then, of course, if their friends are around, it's peer pressure and you have to act a certain way. 
it's really sad. Uh, these two gyms ended up closing, and so the members ended up scattering around to other gyms. Um, but I see it not only with the gym people. I see it also when I go out, if there are some drag queens out and they're hanging around, if there is a newer person in trying to be a part of that, or if it's an older person who's trying to be that, those people, I mean, they won't even just say things amongst themselves. You know, they'll say it right to the person and make them feel like complete shit because they're trying to be in their world and, and they're not worthy of being in their world. It's, it's frustrating to me because I started going out to clubs, as I said in the last podcast, uh, around 1973. Now, Stonewall was 69, right? So in these early years when clubs were just really being comfortable being there, they still had windows that were blacked out. They didn't have the name on the door. You just knew where, um, where clubs were and you went into them you know, as a patron, and you just heard about it. But the the class distinctions in the gay community is, in my mind, worse than it is with straight people to gay people, at least in today's world. You know, as adults, you don't hear that often someone making a comment about yourself unless you're doing something very public and perhaps you might have a comment then. But if you're just existing, no matter how you are, no matter how you dress, for the most part, and I'm not saying always, but for the most part, you're kind of left alone. Now, I know many, many of you will say no, that straight people in some cases really do make life horrible for gay people. And, you know, that's absolutely true. There's things in the news about it all the time. But... For me, in the way that I, I see things, like if you go into a chat room on the internet, or if you read the comments that somebody might leave if you have posted something, the gay bashing from gay people is just incredible. I see it when I go out to clubs. Even though I'm older now and I'm kind of out of the picture, I still see it happening where people are shunned. I see it in the leather community, where if people are somewhat into leather, maybe they're not dressing in leather 24-7 and belonging to all the motorcycle groups or whatever. You know, if they're kind of on the fringe, but they want to be a part of it, I've seen people rejected for that. That they don't meet the criteria, that you're not one of us, that you're not good enough. It sucks. And I don't know what to do about it. I don't think there really is anything that we can do about it. But you yourself, you know, me, myself, should be aware that we don't want to treat other gay people like we might have been treated when we were young by the bullies in school. You know, it, 
I used to hear this thing um, said where if a, if a man is working and his boss gives him a really hard time and makes a miserable day, then the man goes home and his wife has made dinner and he growls about the dinner and, and how bad it was and why isn't it cooked this way and why isn't the house clean. And so the wife feels terrible. So she goes now to one of her kids and starts yelling, you know, clean up your damn room. You know, you never do what I ask. Da, 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 da. And now the kid all upset and the kid kicks the dog and it's like this this flowing down right passing from one to the other we can't do that we can't live like that we were put down by straight people when we were younger and if you're over 40 you know this you you have felt this in some way we can't become those people with other gay people we can't become the bullies to other people. They're trying to find themselves. They're trying to fit in. And every one of us has tried to do that at some point. You know, myself as an example, because I didn't play the A-list games when I was training in those gyms, I was an outsider. I didn't belong with the A-list people at Mike's. And yet at the same time, because I was more of a serious bodybuilder, I didn't belong with the more um, kind, gentler people of Metropolitan, even though I, I was extremely nice, and I do feel like I, I fit in there pretty much. You know, I just want to be a nice, compassionate, kind person to people, and I want to hang around with everybody, and I just can't listen to people bitch and put down other people. Can't we not do it? Can't we at least start on some level right now, one person at a time, stop putting down other gay people and be more inclusive? I don't know. Perhaps we can change this. Perhaps if we each accept our part in this and work to be of independent mind and not give in to those around us, maybe we can make a small change. Maybe we can begin to repair our fragile community again. If we are out at a gay brunch, a drag brunch, or whatever, and we are with friends that imbibe quite a bit during brunch, and they get loud and obnoxious, that is when this type of behavior might rear its ugly head. When guys are drunk and boisterous and loud, they are caught up in the moment trying to impress the others at the table. Maybe that is when the bitchiness will start, saying unkind things to passers-by because they think they are so funny and so clever. That is the time maybe to speak up. Or if you know and are friends with the person who is being obnoxious, take them aside and say how unkind to others they are being. They probably won't care in their drunken state, but maybe they will think about it the next day, or you could remind them the next day. Look, I'm not saying that you should embarrass the person who is being unkind, but rather talk to them in a compassionate way. You don't need to lecture or end your friendship but rather gently try to steer them towards understanding 
that the damage that they may be doing to the self-esteem of the person their words were targeting. It has to start somewhere, folks, and it has to start with someone. Would you step up and try to be the voice of reason if you see this gay-to-gay bullying going on? Because we've all been targets of bullying in the past in various ways. And do we want to be those people? The bullies? The gay community are your brothers and sisters, and those before us from Stonewall through the AIDS epidemic that were trying to form a strong, united gay community. We need to have their efforts respected and honored. We need to stop turning on one another, even if comments amongst friends that are supposed to be funny, well, maybe they aren't so funny. Maybe they are hurtful. Teenage LGBTQ kids are literally killing themselves because of bullying. Now that the internet means they cannot simply escape it once they get home, like it was for us older gays. We knew that no matter how bad the bullying was, once we got onto our property, once we got into our house and closed the door, that we were safe, at least until the next day. But that's not the case of young people today. For them, it's 24-7 of bullying. Please help this. Start with just yourself. We can each decide to act and speak with understanding and compassion to other members of the gay community, whether they fall into our clique or not. In just a couple more decades, us baby boomers will all be gone. What is the world that we want to leave for our gay brothers and sisters? Thanks for listening, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me. If you liked the show, please subscribe so you won't miss any of the varying topics of this podcast. The 2022 Sweeps continues with many more episodes to come. I love you all, my friends. Be well, and we will speak again in a few days. Bye for now.